Good morning. Today's scripture is from Psalms chapter 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon the rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his, at his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Thank you. I asked Terry if he was ready to, ready to preach there, and he goes, I'm reading the whole chapter. <laughs> Appreciate, appreciate that reading, and uh, you're following along with that this morning. Uh, this morning, as we uh, take a look at this, continue our conversation about the armor of the Lord, uh, we're taking a look at the helmet of salvation. And when you look at the helmet, with a little furry thing on top there, uh, when you look at the helmet, you think of lots of different things. Uh, you might think it's fashionable, you may not. Uh, but in, in war, that helmet is used to protect your head, to protect your, your uh, vital organs of your head against the, against the fire, against the firing, the swords, the bullets, whatever comes your way. And for the Christian, that helmet helps to hold in what God has taught us. And I wanted you to listen especially to that scripture reading this morning. And as we look at the, the first slide here, about keeping it under your hat. I, I just thought that was an interesting saying. And then I went to get a couple of, of images, and there was a, a, a picture from uh, uh, the Australian War Memorial, and it said, keep it under your hat. Careless talk costs lives. And as I read that, I thought, I thought, about, um, you know, I thought about what that means, about keeping it under your hat about things that you need to keep to yourself or things that you need to keep between you and God. But I more importantly thought about what we needed to remember and keep in our hearts. The things that we need to keep 
in our hearts and in our minds to help us along this path. And as Terry read the, these verses, and I ask you to pay particular attention to the security, the love, the compassion that God shows us and reminds us that is ours when we are his child. That he knows who we are, that he knows where we are, that he is around in the times of trouble, that he is watching us, protecting us from the harms of the world. And we need that knowledge in our head. This week I have uh, I, I've, uh, been around way too much sorrow and too much trouble. Um, yesterday one of our uh, friends passed away who used to be on the camp board with us at Northwestern. Her husband was the treasurer. She made some of the most beautiful wedding cakes that you ever saw. Her name was Diane Willis. And uh, she's been battling glioglastoma, I believe is how it's pronounced, for about four or five months. She passed away yesterday. And we have s several other people who have been on hospice. And uh, Bill Denowitz passed away on Friday night. But these people, those two in particular and others that are also on hospice at this point, and in talking with Brenda Neal last week, who her and Mike have placed their membership with us and we welcome them to Spring Road, back to Spring Road. What's in your head during these trying, troublesome times is what helps you to, to stay connected helps to remind you what is in your heart and what God has promised you. The salvation is yours when you are in Christ. And that helmet protects the physical head, but in our conversation today, it reminds us of our salvation. And there should be great joy brought to our hearts when we think about our salvation. I remember when I was baptized, I, my brother Mike and I were baptized the same day, and uh, we... We were excited. It was beautiful. It was a, a time that we remember just, you know, as God, accepting God's love and making, making that part of us and making it our direction and mission. And I remember that day very clearly. And I remember another day at, uh, at, at our Northwestern camp when it was over toward Mansfield. I remember a day we went up to this hill, and there was a cross on that hill, and it was around Clear Fork Ski ski area and you can see for miles and miles or though it seemed and you could see just the beauty and I remember hearing a lesson and singing some songs up there and I remember that God was so near and so close and in my mind I knew that God was there there have been times in my life when I felt like God was paying attention to people very very far away <laughs> And that he wasn't like, where, hello, hello, Lord. And I've wondered where he was. And I know he was right there, but my heart was in a different place. So the mind is, is, uh, uh, needs to be protected. And we need to keep things in our mind that protects us. And what do you fill your mind with? I'm very discouraged with, uh, with the culture that we now live in, that we fill our mind with politics and sports. We fill our mind with entertainment. We fill our mind with making money. We fill our minds and hearts with, with all kinds of activities that might be important and might have a purpose, but are they really the direction that God wants us to be? Are they really providing us the comfort? Are they really doing a mission that God has had us on and to do?
And I would say a lot of the things that we do are not beneficial to our faith, are not beneficial to our walk with the Lord. We are so focused on different things. This little item here, this little item here is a lot of trouble. It's a lot of trouble, and I see heads shaking because we all know it. I see, I see people spending time, including myself, on, on different things on the phone that um, when I should be doing other things. I should be involved in, and active in doing other things instead of spending all the time on this. Obviously, this is important. Obviously, it has a purpose. And, but we need to watch what we're doing and watch what we're filling our minds and hearts with. I want us to look at, uh, <clears throat> just for a second, the, the verses of which we are pulling this series out of from, from Ephesians chapter 4. Verse, verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. <clears throat> for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, <coughs> and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to stop there just for a second. Because these are the things that we fill our hearts and our minds with. These things, these battles that are rolling in our world, and, and Dan mentioned them, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil, I believe that this could, can be and is a, a force of evil. I believe a lot of the direction of our country is a, is a force of evil right now. And it takes you and I to, to get our minds straight and focused so that we can live as God wants us to live. And whatever portion, whatever activities it is that we're involved in, we need to have God to be the focus of who we are and what we're doing. And that battle messes with your head. That battle of these forces of darkness and evil against the authorities and the powers of the world, it messes with our head. That's an empty head there. <laughs> but our heads, our heads are messed with by the things that are going on around us. And so we have to know we have to know who our Savior is. We have to know that he has a purpose for us. Verse 13 in Ephesians chapter 4, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and, be able, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Salvation, as we speak of salvation, salvation means simply to be saved or delivered from the result of sin and eternal death. That's what salvation is. It's, it's that taking us away from the results of sin and death. And we are all sinful. Romans tells us that. We looked at that a couple of weeks ago. We are all sinful. We all have sin in our lives. And that the results of those sins in our lives brings us to death. Separation from God and separation from, from the life we are supposed to live. Salvation is possible only through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. 
It's the only way we have salvation, because of Christ's death on the cross. And we're going to look at that a little more in just a bit. And it's the conclusion of the conversion process, and the definition of salvation for a Christian is deliverance. No, don't listen to the banjos. <laughs> is deliverance from our sin, from our from our, our grief, from our despair, it's deliverance. And we must, we must be able to hold on to that and keep that in our hearts and our minds that God, through Christ, has made a way for us to be saved from the sin of our lives. And once again, we remember that we are all, all sinners. Salvation in the Bible is defined as a death to and freedom from sin, a new perspective that transcends the human point of view and participation in a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We walk away from sin. We've talked about that from Colossians and Ephesians. We've talked about the verse where, you know, we are, we are a new creation. We are to walk in that new life. And we have peace with God. We have peace with God. What does that picture look like of peace with God? We know what it's like to have peace with each other. We, we do not have peace in our house right now. We have an 11-week-old puppy. And as you see Diane with cuts and me with cuts and scrapes, it's a, a, a very live puppy. Uh, we were told that she was very lively. <laughs> and we are finding that out very much. But, and there is a little bit of peace, peace with her when she's in her crate. <laughs> and also, the first thing in the morning, she's very cuddly for about 30 seconds, and then the biting and scratching starts. But peace with God is a whole nother topic. Peace with God is, is that, that realization in my mind, in my heart, that I can have a relationship with the God who created me. I can be his child. I can live for him. He can watch me and guide me and comfort me and to counsel me and to discipline me and to pull me through the things that I need to, that I have peace with God. And that, that peace... That peace is what holds us together in the struggles of life. It holds us together when we're facing illness, when we're facing uh, marital issues, when we're facing job issues, when we're facing death. That peace with God can, can pull us together and keep us with him. Uh, and then we live life as adopted children of God. What a blessing it is to be called a child of God, as Scripture reminds us, and then we are baptized into Christ's death. We receive the Holy Spirit, and we are being delivered from the penalty of sin, which is eternal death. So through that salvation of death on the cross, uh, we have the Holy Spirit which leads us and guides us. And we've had a lot of conversations in our classes recently about the Holy Spirit, and I appreciate those conversations, because a lot of times we don't speak about the power of what the Holy Spirit brings to us and guides us, and puts those things into our head and our minds that, that lead us and guide us. And then the last piece of that is that we're being delivered from mortality and given the gift of eternal life. There's more to this life. There's more to this time that we're spending here, and it's eternity with God. And I also appreciate some of the sermons we've had uh, in the recent past about reminding us that eternity starts now. Eternity is now. Our life should be living and giving and, and loving and serving the God who, who loves us and has delivered us. And then, at some point, 
when we pass on or he comes back, then we are in his presence forever, uh, his physical presence forever, that gift of eternal life. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven which given to men by which we must save but Jesus Christ. No other name. And there's lots of religions in our world today, lots of things, and none of them go past this physical life. Only Jesus, only salvation is found in Jesus. And I wanted to recap real quickly what salvation in Christ, how we attain that. And um, it doesn't always come in this order. Um, a matter of fact, I chose not to number them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, because I don't think it always comes in this order. I think these are steps that we take and things that we look for and we find them in Scripture and they bring us to the salvation of Christ. One, of course, is hearing the gospel. Hearing the gospel. In Romans chapter 10, talks about hearing the gospel. Number two, and there I go numbering them, uh, another one is to have faith, to believe in Christ, to see his love and to see what he's done for us, what he did here on earth, and to see that and to believe it. And then to confess your faith in Christ. Confessing your faith in Christ is saying that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came to earth and that he lived his life here to show us what his Father was like, and that he died on a cross so that we could have salvation from our sins and that we could live a better life here and have the knowledge of the home that God has prepared for us. To confess that faith, to say, I am a Christian, how many of you in your opportunities uh, with, uh, when you meet new people or in your work situations or in your neighborhood situations have the opportunity to say, I am a Christian? I told you a couple of years ago that when somebody asks who I am, what I do, I hope, I, I hope and want to always say first that I'm a Christian. That was lived out for us uh, on Wednesday night after church, uh, Bryant and Rhonda. And Diane and I went to, to dinner, and uh, uh, Bryant was living uh, a Duke life um, that night. He says, he asked the, the waiter what his name was. He said his name was Keith. I was at the Rusty Bucket, and uh, so he, he mentioned Keith's name several times as he came back and forth, <coughs> back and forth. And uh, uh, he took our order, and Bryant said to him, he goes, Keith. We're about to have a prayer here for our dinner. He said, what, what, can, uh, what could we pray for for you? And uh, Diane and I looked at each other, and uh, Keith says, well, I just got married. And I said, well, there, <laughs> there's a good request. And then he said, we have an 11-month-old child, and we're just trying to bring it all together. And, uh, and Bryant said, we will pray for you. And we certainly, then he asked me to pray, and we prayed for Keith, we prayed for his, his wife and his, his child. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's putting Christ out there, letting, letting this Keith know that uh, we are Christians, and not only that we are Christians, but we are going to pray for his need. And that will, uh, and Duke mentioned in class, as he was handing out one of the uh, blessing bags in Nashville, he asked for the, the man's name. His name was James, correct? And, uh, and James opened the bag, put on a pair of socks, 
and was very blessed by uh, the, the fact of Duke stopping, knowing his name. Nothing more beautiful than hearing your name, unless it's said sharply. <laughs> then, then maybe not so beautiful. But, but uh, that confessing that Jesus is Lord in our life and our actions and all that we do. Repenting of our sins, knowing that uh, we are all sinful, that we all have sin. Repenting of those sins and turning away from those, making those known, and then being baptized into Christ. All of these things have verses there um, along with them. And then to continue in his way to continue in Christ's way and God's way, to find our way uh, in, this, in this dark, dark, crazy world. So those are the things that we know. Those are the things that, are, that we know that lead us to Christ and lead us to salvation. And when you have those, you have salvation. If you have not been baptized, if you have not confessed Jesus, if you don't believe in Jesus, you, you need Jesus for salvation. You need that for your life. And you must seek it, you must find it, and you can only find it in Jesus, as we said before. And the thing about our sins is, from Psalms 103, verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. What a beautiful picture that is, because sometimes in our head, we hold on to those things that we've done. We hold on to the, the guilt and that frustration and aggravation of what we did or somebody did to us. And we are allowed to let that go. You are allowed to let that go because Jesus and God do not hold that against you any, any further. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed your transgressions from you. And that's an incredible picture. It's an incredible picture. As you look at a globe and you go east to west, you, you, never, you never find it. It never gets there. You never see it again because you just keep going and it goes away. So, Psalm 18, verses uh, uh, 1 and... I'm going to read several of these verses. I would like us to remind us of similar what, what Terry read to us earlier. It says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangle me. The torrents of destruction overwhelm me. The cords of the grave coiled around me, and the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came before him to his ears, and the earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook, and they trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth, burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him in the dark rain and clouds of the sky. Verse 12, out of the brightness of his presence, the clouds advance with hailstones and, and uh, bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from the heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he rode, routed them. 
The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth were laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, and the blasts of your breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of the deep waters. He rescued me from the powerful enemy from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted, they confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord has my, was my support. He brought me out of the spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. I'm going to read that again. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, and has rewarded me. For I have always kept, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God, and his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me, and according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands in his sight. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. To the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low to those who eyes, whose eyes are haughty. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance a troop. With my, with my God, I can scale a wall. As God, as for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. And who, for who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle, makes my arm, makes my arms, my arms can bend a bow with a bronze. You make uh, your saving help my shield. Your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You, brought, uh, you provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles will not give way. I encourage you to read that at home when you've got time just to meditate. And it goes on to, uh, to verse 50. Just that reminder that God is with us, that we are important to him, that we have a purpose for him here. And by doing that and keeping these things in our mind and the great things that God has done, keeping that under our hats, keeping that in our minds and our heads can help us in life, can help us through the trials that come our way because they are in our way. There are trials that are here. There are trials that are coming. But knowing that we have salvation through Christ gives us the strength to stand for each day. And we mean, may need to prop each other up. We may need to help each other. But that's what we're for, to encourage and to help each other, to lift each other up in the Lord, to help each other and push each other toward that, that final goal, that final destination, that gift of life eternal that God has given us only through Christ. So this morning, as, as we think about this, keeping it under your hat or your helmet, the reminder of the thought processes and the things that we need to put into our head, the things that we need to absorb into our hearts so that, that our hearts are comforted, so our minds are at peace. 
and the promises that God has given us. Because through those promises, we have life. Not only eternal life, but life here that is different than so many others. So you and I have a lot of work to do to keep good things in our mind, to keep things, to keep things fresh and to keep things holy and to keep things of God. And by doing so, when those hard times come, we can be at peace. We can be at peace, and we can know that God is near and with us. So as we finish this up today, I encourage you to uh, read those two Psalms, Psalm 27 and uh, Psalm 18, and many, many more other scriptures that remind you of the great strength of God. But I also want you to, to keep that stuff in your mind and your heart and keep it protected. There are lots of things that, uh, chaos and things that are distracting us and keeping us from doing what God truly wants us to do. And that even happens to us. The people in this room, the people online, that happens to us. We are easily distracted. We are easily um, distressed by things that we shouldn't be. And our focus needs to be on the love and the faith uh, that we should have in God and the love that he has for us. This morning, if, you have, uh, if you've not become a Christian, if that's not something you've done to receive this salvation, uh, you've heard what you need to do. You've seen the love that God has for you. Now it's your turn to accept that step and to, to be baptized and to start to live that life anew. The old is gone, the new has come. And that's what God wants for us. Fresh, new. And the path, the path is not always rosy. Uh, there's lots of thorns and stuff along the way. But with his help and with his encouragement and with your faithfulness to him, you can get through. If there's any need that you need to uh, respond to the gospel of Christ this morning, make it known while we stand and sing.